They got to get guys back. I mean, that's it. That's the beginning and the end of any discussion slash debate that I'd care to have about Game 7, which now is a very real thing. Good morning to you. Good Saturday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday, but I did kind of promise yesterday that we'd congregate again today, given the magnitude of the events. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. It will be Penguins versus Rangers tomorrow night back in New York, 7, 10 p.m. faceoff for everything. And it comes in a weird way with no real pressure on the Penguins. I don't know how else to put that. When you don't have goaltending, there's nobody who really lambastes other individuals on the team or the head coach or the GM. There's just nowhere to go. You know, there's nothing you can do to outdo bad goaltending, not in a best of seven. And I'm not going told you so on the process because, as I've repeated many times, I picked the Rangers in five, which was obviously a bad pick. So I'm not about to go asking others to eat crow. But I have said from the very beginning, from the very beginning, that there was no way the Penguins were taking this series if their goaltending was at a 900 save percentage or lower. And now it's lower because Domingue's been bad. You can say whatever you want about uh, what did you expect? He's an AHL guy. He's a third stringer, a fourth stringer. Spicy pork and broccoli and beans or whatever all that was doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can't win with it. You can't win with it. I. You could have conceivably, I guess, stolen one of these last two games, especially considering the Penguins had a 2-0 lead and looked really, really good in getting that 2-0 lead in each of the past two games. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter because as soon as the Rangers put any kind of pressure on the Penguins, as soon as they found their bearings even for a brief spell, the Penguins went into, I don't know, can you call it a panic? I mean, Mike Matheson kind of hinted as much with this particular phrasing. Well, I, I think our third period was good tonight. Um, I thought we carried the pace and, and had a lot of chances. Um, I, I think the issue has more been the second period where we get on our heels a little bit and, and can't capture our game quick enough. Um, I, I'm not sure what the cause of it is, is exactly, but um, that's definitely an area that we need to get better at. You know, it's, it's not going to be a perfect game where we score a couple goals, stay up all game and, and play a perfect game. They're, they're going to have their pushes. They might score one or two, and, and I, I think we need to do a better job of not getting rattled in those situations and just staying the course. Now, anybody who's participated in this beautiful sport at any level of it, at any point in your life, can attest to how a team responds to playing in front of a bad goaltender or even just a badly performing goaltender. 
you start thinking to yourself, every shot's going to go in. So you start doing things that you don't normally do, including systematically. Could the Penguins have played better in the second periods of both games five and six? Yes, absolutely, unequivocally. Did they do enough to win both games five and six, meaning from the skater's standpoint? Hell yes! But you got to get some saves. Don't tell me about Chris Letang screening uh, Deming on this shot or that shot. He's not even looking around his defenseman. If you were at this game and you were watching Deming, because I, I don't know what's shown on TV and, and what isn't, but I do know that TV doesn't lock in on the goaltender for extended stretches, certainly not when the puck isn't there. You'll know what I'm talking about. He's falling about. He's moving left and right as if it's a lumbering process. He's a mess, and they know it, and it's killing them, and there isn't an answer for it. They're just, well, yes, wait, there actually is an answer for it. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The answer is that Tristan Jari's got to play. He's got to play. Um, I really, really don't like, even within the relatively insignificant scope of what it is that I do for a living, pushing an athlete to come back from an injury. But that's where this is. That's where this is. If Jari's out there skating and he's participating in optional skates and he's taking shots from NHL forwards and defensemen, he's going to be better than whatever Deming is doing. It's not even close. That last goal, not that anybody wants to hear anything else about that this morning, but that last goal by Chris Kreider, I mean, that, that just can't happen. And it won't happen. To Jari on his worst day, it wouldn't happen to him if he were just tied to the net like Goldberg in Mighty Ducks. He'd find a way to stop it, contain it. He wouldn't be covering pucks up when there are no Rangers around. That happened repeatedly, too. Forcing defensive zone faceoffs, further fatiguing a group of forwards that were already missing a defensive guy in Brian Boyle to injury. None of this stuff happens with Jari in there. So there's 48 hours or close to it for Jari to further mend, for Jari to have a good practice session and another skate in which he takes more shots, plants his foot a little bit, and don't make me be the one to say it out loud, but a foot injury at a certain point just becomes a pain tolerance issue. This is game seven. This isn't some random Monday night in November in Calgary. This is game seven. This is the reason you do all these other things. Now, if you're thinking that I'm going to take the next step here and start talking about Ricard Raquel, never mind Sidney Crosby, I'm respectful of concussions and the impact that they can have, uh, not just on your hockey career, 
but on your life. With the goaltender, it's different. You know, we know it's a broken foot. We know that there was a fracture in there. We also know, to repeat, that he's well enough to be out there on the ice. I will posit that the Penguins are better off with Jari out there on the ice, just freaking standing there compared to what they're getting out of Louis Domingue. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. And today's comes from Dan Adams, who asks simply the question that everybody's asking is, is there any update on Sidney Crosby? Uh, from the team, not really, other than that he skated with Ty Hennis, the skills instructor that the Penguins employ. That was early Friday morning before the media was allowed into PPG Paints Arena. And I've confirmed that Sid does, in fact, have a concussion. He's dealing with a concussion. This isn't exactly hot, stunning news. This is what was very obvious from the moment Jacob Truba delivered that filthy hit. Now, the fact that he was on the ice is obviously encouraging. The fact that he didn't participate in the team skate is very discouraging. I have a really hard time coming to grips with the idea of someone with Sid's history being cleared for contact in a National Hockey League Stanley Cup Game 7 right after being diagnosed with a concussion. I'm not expecting him to play in this game. I'm actually not really expecting Ricard Raquel to play in this game either for the same reason. Until you're cleared for contact and you're out there and you're taking some bumps and you're feeling it and they're testing you. That's how concussions go, by the way. Everything is about asking the patient how they're doing. What do they feel? And it's incumbent on the patient to be honest. Sid is extraordinarily competitive. Sid's also not a moron. He's not going to endanger himself, nor should he. Here's what has to happen in this game tomorrow night. The Penguins have to come out and defend, defend hard, defend with confidence, continue to cycle in the New York zone beyond the first period. What their issue is with second periods, I have no idea. I asked Chris Letang, and, and this was the answer I got. I mean, I think we, we came with a strong push early on. The second period, you expect the, the other team to rebound and, and come at you, and sometimes it puts you on your heels, and you have to you have to manage that and close of the game, and um, you have to make sure you stay on the on the same page, you know, playing on their toes, trying to have a, a great forecheck. So, um, you know, we know it was not going to be easy. Okay. Uh, the second periods have been just doggy do. I mean, for quite a while now. This is not a new thing to this series. It was going on all through the regular season. Just a bizarre pattern that they'll really need to shake tomorrow night. And they'll need to continue to get the outstanding offensive contributions that they got from 
both Evgeny Malkin and Jake Gensel in this game. I, I want to throw Brian Rust in, but man, dude, you got to finish that one there in the third, you know? And above all, they need Jari. I'd argue that they need Jari more than they need Sid. Because this isn't going to work. The Rangers are now, if you thought they were shooting a lot before, wait till you see how they start gunning after, you know, Chris Kreider flicks one from 80 feet. They need Jari. And listen, presuming you even, you know, hit play on this, and I guess if you're hearing what I'm saying now, you probably did. You might benefit from hearing this. It was the final words of Sullivan's press conference in which he tried to do that very sully thing in which he sounds super defiant and super uh, confident that his team's going to get the job done. For me, it, you know, it, it doesn't always carry over one, one game to the next, you know. I, I just think, uh, you know, when you get, in, you get in one game, anything can happen. And so we, we've got to make sure that, that we bring the right mindset, we bring the right positive attitude, we bring a lot of energy, and then, then it's going to boil down to execution. And, uh, and, and I believe in this group. And like I said, I think we have enough regardless of who's in our lineup. I think we got enough to win. We were right there tonight. You know, we had our opportunities to win. It didn't happen for us. Uh, we're playing against a good opponent, give them credit. Um, but I still believe in the group we have and I know we're very capable. There you go. I'll end right there. I'll end right there. Heading back to New York today, we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Might as well just run them right through at this point, right? 